In Hilchas Tefillah and Berchas Kainim, Parakit Aleph, the Rambam discusses Dalachas about a shul. The Rambam begins by saying, by any place that has 10 people that are Yidin, they need to create a place for them to get together in Davin, and this is called the Beis HaKnesses. And the people from the city can force each other to build them the Beis HaKnesses and to purchase a safer tire and a Vimuxuvim. The Rambam continues and says that when we build a shul, it should be at the highest point in the city. And the entrance to the shul should only open from the east. In the shul, we build a heichal where we place the sefer Torah. The Ramam continues and says that we place a bima, a platform, in the middle of the shul, in order that the balkaira could go and read the Torah there, or one who gives a sermon can stand on it. The Ramam continues and says that the way the seating arrangement works is that there's a row in the front of the shul where the elders of the city sit with their backs to the wall, and the rest of the community is facing them and are in Kaidish. The Chazan also, when he's standing for davening, faces the Aron Kaidish. The Ramam continues and says that the shuls and the Bati Midrashis, we make sure to take care of them and to sweep them and to mop them. Additionally, we must respect a base Knesset and base Medrash by not talking idle things in it. And we don't enter the shul because of the sun or because of the rain. We also don't calculate accounts in the shul unless the accounts are connected to a mitzvah, like of Tzedakah or Pitin Shvoyim, etc. The Ramam continues and says that if a shul had two entrances, a person shouldn't use it as a shortcut. If a person has to enter the shul in order to call a child or his friend, he should come inside and first read a little bit of Torah or say something that he heard at Vaitaira and afterwards call his friend in order they shouldn't enter just for the sake of calling his friend. The Ramam continues and says that once a person enters shul to Davin, they are allowed to leave the opposite doorway if it's shorter for them. Additionally, a person is allowed to enter a shul holding a staff or wearing his shoes, and if it's necessary for him to spit, he's allowed to spit on the floor. The Ramam continues and says that a basic Knesset or base Medrash that was destroyed, they still have Kedusha, and even though we don't mop them or sweep them, we take away the weeds that are surrounding the shul and put it on top of it in order to remind people and inspire them to fix it and build it. The Ramam continues and says that we do not destroy a shul in order to build another one in its place or in another place, but first we build a second building and then we destroy the first one. And this is in order that in case something happens, they still have a shul. This is all providing that there's no danger to the structure. But if there's danger to the structure, then they destroy that part of the shul, if, or if necessary, the entire shul, and they start rebuilding it immediately and work day and night for it to be completed. The Ramam continues and says that it's permitted to transform a shul, a base Knesset, into a house of study, a base medrash. But a base medrash, you cannot turn it back into a shul because a base medrash has a greater kedusha. Similarly, the people of a city are allowed to sell a shul in order to buy a box for a sefer or sell the ark in order to buy a mantle or a case for the Torah, or sell the mantle or a case in order to buy chumashim. And if they sold chumashim, they are allowed to buy a sefer with the proceeds. In other words, they can go up to a higher Kedusha, but they can't go down to a lower Kedusha. Ramam continues and says that similar principles apply if a shul collected money to build, build a base of Medish or for a base of Knesses or any other thing, then they're only allowed to change it from a lower Kedusha to a higher Kedusha. But if they have extra money from after buying the thing that they wanted, then they can use the extra proceeds for other things that they want. The Ramam continues and says that it's only permissible to sell a shul if it's from a village where the people of the village agree to sell it. But if it belongs to a city, then the shul really belongs to everybody in the world and therefore it can never be sold. The Ramam continues and says that even when a village wants to sell their shul, they have to make a condition with the buyer that not to use a building for a bathhouse, a leatherworks, or a mikvah or a laundry. But if at the time of the sale, the seven officials of the city or the community made a condition in the presence of the entire community that the person buying it is allowed to use it for that, then they're allowed to.
Similarly, if they made a condition that whatever extra money they collect, they could use for other things, not just for Kedusha, then it also applies. Additionally, if they appoint one person and they say that whatever this person decides we follow, then that person has the power to do it as well. The Ramam continues and says that just like a shul could be sold, it could also be given as a gift, assuming that it's to help the community. The Ramam concludes by saying that even though people dive in, in the city's main street when it comes to like fast days or other such events, since it's a temporary thing and not a permanent, it doesn't have any Kedusha.